have I got a story for you. Overcrowded streets and roads, a lack of economic opportunities, despicable pollution rates, seemingly concrete social status ceilings, and, not to mention, but to mention, frequent sexual harassment. These are all problems my guest is trying to solve with a scooter. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is the cute, quaint, corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original merchandise you had no idea existed because AndrePsyche.com is tucked away in the northwest part of the internet. Let me give you a little preview of the plethora of potential purchases available for perusal. We are talking about literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music. Yes, music. My man just put out a new single. Poetry or any custom gift that your soul could desire. Even performances. You could hire him. I'm almost positive he would hop in a boat and literally go anywhere just to make you smile. Why? Because he is a freelance creator extraordinaire. So go to AndrePsyche.com and see what, see what speaks to you because each and every item has a story behind it. Nothing is made. Everything is created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. Please do us a favor. We need and appreciate your support. Take a moment right now. Push the subscribe button, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or whatever app you opened to listen to the Getting to Know You Pod. And while you're at it, even during the pod, or you could have a little faith and do it right now, rate and review the podcast, especially if you're on Apple. If you haven't already, are we being too pushy asking for too much? I feel like I am often. I'm sorry. Could you friend and follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Search us up. It's getting the number two, no, the letter U, pod. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world, like our guest today from Egypt, and the majority of the United States. We're talking Wisconsin, California, the whole East Coast. We run the gamut. So again, if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and we would love to partner with you. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. It my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. my cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Mena. And Mena is coming to us from Cairo, Egypt. Is that correct, Mena? Yes. Man. It's correct. Isn't technology amazing that I can be in Delaware, you can be in Egypt, and we can have a conversation? It blows, yes. blows my mind. Mena, thank you so much for coming on the uh, podcast and letting people get to know you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. And something that was interesting and part of, part of why I wanted you on, Mena, 
was you run a site and is it called Dozy Official? It's Doocy. Doocy Official. Doocy Official. And I just had, it all started just with a question of, well, I, I guess I should let you say it. Can you tell us a little bit about what Doocy Official is? Yes, sure. Uh, Doocy is an online platform that teaches women and girls how to ride scooters and bicycles. Uh, we, we mainly aim to empower more and more women economically through creating job opportunities for them as uh, scooter and bicycle instructors. Ah. Uh, we, also, we also want to reduce uh, traffic in, the, in Egypt and in the capital particularly. Uh, by encouraging people to use uh, scooters and bicycles as a means of transportation. And we want to lower pollution rates, which are caused by uh, vehicles like cars. Uh, so we, so uh, that's, that's, that's uh, what we mainly are doing. Uh, we want to empower women economically, reduce traffic and uh, lower pollution rates. We also want to uh, smash social stereotypes about women riding scooters and bicycles because here in Egypt it's a conservative society and uh, it's not usual uh, here in the country uh, for women to ride scooters or bicycles. So we want to change people's perspectives about women riding scooters and bicycles by making by making making it uh, usual for people to see women riding uh, scooters and bicycles on the streets. That that last one, Mena, um, is so hard for me to understand. So I have a daughter who's 10, and I was telling her a little bit about your site, and she was like, but why do they need a site? And I'm like, honestly, Shiloh, I don't know. That's my daughter's name. I'm like, I, but I'm really super interested in like, how is that a social stereotype? Or like, why is that a social stereotype that needs to be smashed or that needs to, um, that, that occurred even? Yes, it's uh, in the Arab world, and uh, of course in Egypt, because Egypt is part of the Arab world, it's not usual for women to do uh, certain things, like, for example, uh, being boxers, for example, or being uh, or riding scooters and bicycles. Even women who ride cars in Egypt get criticized uh, by men, and they usually say that women uh, are not uh, good uh, drivers. And... Uh, <laughs> And most there are uh, men in Egypt who say that women are fed in the kitchen. They don't uh, they don't fit in doing other things like like uh, riding scooters or bicycles or driving cars or many other stuff. Uh, so we have these social stereotypes here in Egypt, and we want to change people's idea about women uh, doing uh, things that men do. Um, and uh, we have launched this website in particular because we want to make it easier for women to book classes online and pay online and so on. Because here in Egypt, there is high demand on uh, uh, on learning how to ride scooters and bicycles, but there is low supply of women uh, instructors, scooter instructors. So we want to uh, uh, fill that gap as well as make, make it easier for women to uh, find uh, instructors uh, because uh, the women get uh, trained in their area and at their uh, suitable schedules. So we wanted to make it uh, very easy for women to, uh, to find 
uh, nearby instructors as well as uh, to uh, to book their classes and to pay their classes online. And is it, do they need the classes for some sort of like a license or do you just need to know the classes in order to just know how to operate the scooter? Yes, they, of course they need a license uh, and they get the class and they get the license after they are done with the classes. Okay. Uh, and uh, we have several packages uh, and it depends on the uh, the, uh, the age of the woman or the her uh, uh, her understanding of uh, her experience for example with riding bicycles for example uh, because uh, when women want to learn, uh, want to learn how to ride scooters, they should have a basic idea uh, of how to ride a bicycle, for example. So, if the if she doesn't know how to ride a bicycle, uh, we give her first bicycle classes, and then we uh, we give her one of the packages, scooter packages. And when you're saying bicycle, you mean like a pedal bicycle, or is yes, um, okay, yes, I guess that makes. And you want them to do that for what purpose? To understand the bicycle. Uh, because of the balance, of to uh, because uh, she needs to be uh, to know how to balance uh, riding the bicycle, and uh, so when she gets to know how to ride the scooter, it's easy for her to uh, to learn faster. Right, that makes sense. I, I thought so, but I I want to. One thing yes, I'm finding out about myself is I need to stop assuming so much <laughs> and, and let people. <laughs> it's okay. Explain, but. Man, and it's funny because now I kind of picture like somebody's grandmother hopping on a bicycle with the dream of getting her own scooter. And I think it's like adorable <laughs> and I think it's empowering, you know? Yes, yes. So uh, very adorable. Does your, And then your company, do you actually have the, it would be authority to give the license or do the people after your class have to then go to, like we have a department of motor vehicles over here in the States yes. where you would go. Is it similar over there that they have to go and pass the test? Yes, it's similar in Egypt. Uh, they have to go and uh, pass a test and then get the license. I actually don't have the service to... Uh, we, we tell them that they have to go to the, uh, uh, to the traffic department and they have to pass the test. Right. And uh, finally, they get the, the license. Do they ever get blowback from... Because I'm assuming at the traffic department, the majority of workers and people determining their skill would be males mm -hmm. yes sure. so do, uh, do they get like unfairly failed or given actually, a harder time actually we haven't uh, we haven't received any comments from women about that uh, oh, wow that's surprising men, yes many women will go there and the past dust they uh they pass they uh they get the license. They after they pass the test, they get the license immediately. We've never experienced. We've never heard women saying that they face uh, discrimination. For example, for example. Uh, yeah, because. Uh, well, yeah, because I'm just thinking back to like my driving test when I was 16, and there's someone in the car with you, and I, I would imagine a scooter would be a little different. I don't know if the like instructor is riding on the back, <laughs> but they're probably like <laughs> observing them. And it's kind of yes. subjective, right? It's like, ooh, broke a little too hard. Eh, you, you took that turn a little too sharp. I'm going to score you down some points. So I'm yes. pr I'm pretty surprised that that's not happening if there's um, – if like culturally it's kind of going mm -hmm. anti-culture 
or the, going against the stereotype to get women onto scooters? Actually, the discrimination they face is not... Uh, we haven't observed that uh, during the test, but we have observed that on the streets, uh, for example, they oh. sometimes get uh, catcalled by, uh, by men on the streets. And uh, even us on social media, we, uh, we receive a lot of criticism on social media and many people... Uh, criticize our uh, startup uh, and uh, we have been trying to face that challenge by uh, getting into conversations with those people about the idea and trying to convince them that uh, it should be normal for women to do whatever they want uh, and uh, ride scooters or bicycles and we have even uh, reached out to celebrities and public figures uh, in order to reach wider audience and in order to convince other people of the idea and we trained some of them. We trained some uh, celebrities uh, like uh, singer Sandy and uh, actress uh, Rania Mansour. And they, uh, through training them, many people were convinced of the idea because they loved uh, the celebrity and uh, uh, therefore they loved the idea and yeah. they, they have been convinced by the idea as well. Oh, yeah, man, so, that's awesome that you can get that kind of backing. Yes, uh, we have been reaching out to them on Instagram and many of them uh, have supported us. Many of the celebrities have supported the idea, whether by posting about the idea on their Instagram uh, pages or uh, story, posting stories about uh, the idea. Uh, so that has helped us a lot, uh, convincing people about the uh, uh, convincing people about the idea of the startup is it is the idea prevalent in the youth of the country as well or is it more the older the older gentlemen who are kind of holding on to that ideology i think both young generations and older generations oh, really are the same yes wow uh yes but i think people will change their perspectives about this idea as long as we keep trying and we keep showing up on the streets and we keep getting people to uh, to familiarize the idea of uh, seeing women riding scooters and bicycles on the streets. I think it gets better with time uh, yes. and with persistence as well. For sure, right? Because then it becomes the children who are growing up, it's normal for them <laughs> and they see it and then they accept yes. it. Um, and then exactly. maybe even the parents, if they're at dinner, aren't speaking poorly about it. You know. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is uh, many of the the people who uh, who talk to us about uh, their desire to learn how to ride scooters and bicycles, they say that their families uh, reject the idea uh, sometimes because of the safety uh, safety issues. Uh, they are afraid that their children would get hurt. And uh, by riding the scooters, for example, and some of them because of the social stereotypes, uh, as I told you. So yeah. uh, we we try to convince them. Uh, we try to tell them to convince their parents and tell them that they, they're going to use all the safety uh, precautions. They're going to use all the safety gear. Uh, take all the precautions necessary, right. uh, and uh, we try to convince them that uh, it's getting uh, usual in Egypt to see women because many women are doing so. So it's not, 
it's it's not unusual right. anymore to uh, for women to ride scooters and bikes because many women are doing so. And so uh, is the safety that people so if I'm a father and my daughter says dad I want to ride a scooter am I more fearful of her inability to properly ride am I more fearful of just the overall population and traffic just sucks over there and always in the news I'm hearing about people dying or am I worried about people like targeting her because they see a female on a scooter or a bike and they want to like get oh a little gosh. closer with the car. They want to maybe rub bump you a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think all of that. Oh, uh, wow. People can uh, uh, can get her at her on the streets, and uh, she can. Uh, they are afraid of uh, uh, vehicle accidents, and uh, because uh, also the streets in Egypt are not prepared enough. For the for people to ride the motorcycles, and there are many accidents here in Egypt, uh, motorcycle accidents uh, here in Egypt. But we are trying to tell people to take all the precautions to be very careful when they ride scooters. Um, we and we are very serious about this. We keep telling instructors to tell people to do so because it's not safe. Whether um, from people who are harassing the women and whether from the roads themselves. Wow. Yeah. See, that's my mind immediately went to somebody, some guys got road rage, like traffic just sucks. And all of a sudden he's super aggressive. Now he sees a female on a scooter, which he does not agree with. And Mm -hmm. he just lets the temper get the best of him. You know, and that I think yes. that would honestly be my larger fear again, but I don't know the traffic situation <clears throat> as far as density and how many accidents and what people are safe like. But just as a father, I, I would say that would very much worry me. Yes. Uh, also, we give uh, women classes on how to defend themselves uh, when they face sexual harassment. Oh, my so God. So we have a coach. We have a coach uh, uh, who can train uh, women on how to defend themselves uh, if they get uh, sexually harassed or ver- uh, verbally harassed by women on the st- by men on the streets. Uh, so we are, of course, there are many challenges, but we are trying to face that challenge, uh, these challenges, uh, as much as we can. Right. Now, do you turn them into like scooter ninjas where they can use the scooters as weapons? Yes. Yeah, very <laughs> Wait, do you nice. really? Oh, that's awesome. Because <laughs> now I'm picturing the grandmother knowing how to like pop a wheelie or do like a tailspin and she uses the back tire to like knock a guy out who's being a jerk to her. Yes. Yes. Um Actually, the coach is very good and she tries to uh, really help the women uh, face sexual harassment on the streets and it and it really helps them and we get very positive feedback about uh, about this these classes is it physical sexual harassment I'm, I'm assuming verbal for sure but is there also yes. like grabbing and groping like that come here i have power over Actually, you very rare it's not uh, common but the verbal harassment is uh, 
is uh, is right. It's it's uh, it happens to women uh, all the time, whether they ride scooters or not. Uh, you know, women on the streets usually get uh, verbally harassed, uh, and uh, according to the UN, ninety nine point nine percent of women have been sexually harassed by uh, by men in Egypt. So oh it's sexual harassment is common in Egypt. So uh, whether they ride scooters uh, or not, they will get uh, uh, harassed. And what are some of the things that they learn? Is it ignoring, lacking eye contact? What are um, some of the techniques? Yes, yes. These are some of the techniques, like, for example, um, uh, trying to avoid uh, being provoked by them or... Uh, uh, Ignoring them, uh, avoiding eye contact. These are some of the most important uh, techniques that they uh, they get uh, trained on. Some of them also are physical uh, uh, physical defense techniques. Uh, if they get uh, uh, sexually harassed, yeah. groping or something. Yeah, is so then it's all about the crotch shot, right? Like the knee to the crotch yes. is the number one go-to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, it, it's sad. It, it's sad to like laugh about it's it, sad. but you almost have to because it's, uh, from my perspective, it's like, it's so absurd that that has to be part of your, of getting a license is preparing yourself yes. just because you're a female to possibly defend yourself for the right to use a freaking scooter. That's amazing to me. Uh, actually, it's not only, uh, it doesn't only uh, tackle the challenges of the startup, but it tackles the challenges uh, faced by women in the society in general. So mm-hmm. sexual harassment is a great challenge for women here in Egypt. Uh, going on the streets, uh, uh, working, doing whatever, sexual harassment is, it remains uh, a very huge challenge for women here in Egypt. Uh, so we, we, we don't only uh, tackle the challenge of uh, sexual harassment for our startup, but it's a challenge for women in Egypt in general. Yeah, in all aspects uh, of their day. Yes, yes. So... Uh, uh, so I think it's it's part of the challenges that women face every day. So we we want to face also the economic empowerment of women. It's not only for our startup, it's a problem here in Egypt because women are underrepresented in the workplaces. So we try to find, create job opportunities for more and more women in the society. And. I was thinking about that. So basically with this, if they become a dozy instructor and then you get messaged, hey, I want to learn how to ride a scooter, you're then seeing what instructor is in that area and then connecting the client with the instructor? Is that how it goes? Yes, that's what we do. Yes, that's what we do. Uh, uh, We first receive the customers, whether through our... uh, center or our uh, Facebook or social media accounts and then we get uh, the uh, instructor at the, the customer and instructor math we match them mm. uh, according to their area and uh, according to their email mainly according to their area yeah uh, so in every area we have an instructor 
uh, yes, that that's all. Thanks. Uh, also, we received uh, the bookings through our website because we have a form a form on our website for uh, birds to book their passes. So we uh, we check every day on this form and we see if there if we have uh, any new customers and we contact them and then we match them with the uh, Insta. That makes sense. And Mena, just as a side note, whatever you just did with your audio made you sound so much better. Thank I don't, you. I don't know if something changed or whatnot, but it's um, it's way more crisp. And as another side note, can I tell you how impressed I am with your English? Thank I'm, you so much. I'm assuming Thank that's you. not. I'm assuming that's not your first language. No, it's not. Yeah. See, My first language is Arabic. All right. That's so. I was thinking, and I mean, like I. I can barely I can barely sound intelligent speaking Spanish, right? Like, and I think I'm on like a three year old's level with Spanish. I have to do a lot of pointing and a lot of gestures and acting. I can't just have a conversation. I'm amazed at that how you can articulate this. It's really impressive. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm not good in, uh, for example, I uh, I've been trying to learn uh, German for years. Oh, but really? Still, I'm not fluent. Yes, I'm not as fluent as I am in English or in Arabic. Man, I think I still have to practice uh, English a little bit. I'm still not that fluent, but I'm trying to uh, uh, frequently improve my English. Gotcha. Well, man, you'll have to go um, for some rides and listen to a couple of these podcasts now that you know about me, and then you can just hear the English conversation. Yes. How? Um, yes, sure. Yeah. How is it easy or difficult to practice English over there? Do you? Is it? I'm assuming it's the second language, so you have to, like, you have to find someone else who's pretty familiar with it. Is that common to find? Uh, actually, I uh, learned English uh, at school and uh, in college. Uh, and uh, the faculty that I was learning in was the Faculty of Languages. So I, I have been learning English for about ten, more than ten years. Okay. Uh, yes. So I, and I also took courses in uh, the English language, and uh, uh, and I over, I'm, I'm a journalist. I write in English. Oh and, really? Uh, so yes. Yeah, so I I'm always practicing uh, English. Man, that's. Are, do you freelance with your journalism, or are you hired yes. by a paper? Uh, I am uh, a front page editor at the Egyptian Gazette, which is the Middle East uh, oldest English language newspaper. It's uh, it's here. In, it's located here in Cairo. I'm also freelancing with Thomas and Reuters Foundation in London. Wow. So so you're. And well, that's interesting. So then overcoming, <laughs> I, I always try to gather my thoughts because the fact that you're fighting for people to get on scooter, women to get on scooters and bikes. And then I juxtapose that with the fact that you're a front page editor of, I, I know nothing about the Egyptian Gazette, but from your description, it sounds pretty prestigious. <laughs> like it's, yes, it's an old, a very old uh, newspaper and uh, it has a very yeah and so how do you get to that position facing the challenges of overcoming the simple challenges of just i want to ride a scooter in peace <laughs> to getting a job <laughs> like that like that would seem almost uh, impossible to me actually i uh, i'm very interested in uh, writing about women rights and uh, i believe that uh, 
if women conditions here in Egypt have been improved, that both society uh, will improve and many of the problems of the society will be solved. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, yes, I, I'm always writing about women uh, empowerment, uh, women rights, even for Reuters. I write about uh, uh, women issues and women rights. And uh, so I started this uh, startup uh, with the cause of empowering more and more women uh, and letting women do whatever they want and uh, empowering them economically, uh, encouraging them to be financially independent. Yeah. Uh, because uh, making them financially independent will dramatically uh, solve many of the problems that we are facing here in the Egyptian society. Uh, because many women, when they are left uh, divorced or uh, widowed, for example, they struggle with uh, affording their needs and that of their families. That. So, so we, I, I, I am trying to, uh, and we as a team, uh, school, uh, Ducey team, we are trying to solve uh, these uh, problems. And this again may expose my ignorance, but do women have the right to vote in Egypt? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sure. How common is it to have females in um, political offices? Um, with you know, who can legislate or make laws? Um, actually, it's not uh, very common that we have uh, women judges, uh, and we have uh, uh, a quota for women in the parliament. Uh, I think twenty five percent of the parliament are women. It's actually getting better here in Egypt for women. It's not very bad, but it's uh, it's getting better because of the work of the civil society organizations, volunteers, activists who are calling for women's rights. Uh, so it's getting better and uh, the Egyptian leadership is turning to women and they are supporting, they, are, they, they have sub, uh, started to support uh, women in uh, various aspects. Like I told you in the parliament, it wasn't before 25% of the, of the parliament were women, right. but uh, the uh, the recent, uh, but I think in 2014 or over the past few years, uh, they have been granted this uh, right. Uh, and also, uh, uh, there, there, there is, uh, there was a woman who was head of the, uh, the Constitutional Court, which is the highest court, uh, the court in the country, uh, the top court in the country. So. Uh, it's 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 improving. Uh, it's getting better, and we hope also it it will get better for uh, in the aspect of sexual harassment and uh, in in other female genital mutilation, other issues and other problems. Right. So and if and also we have uh, here in Egypt now there is something uh, something about sexual harassment. There was a sexual uh, Predator who was arrested because he harassed multiple women, and so uh, this has encouraged more and more women to report about sexual harassment cases. And uh, many men are getting arrested, uh, and there is uh, some kind of uh, revolution, a, a woman revolution here in Egypt happening uh, in recent days. And, and uh, there is a, a Me Too moment uh, okay. for women here in Egypt. 
So I before, because I want to get into that a little more, but I'm curious about females voting. If females can get harassed just because they want to ride a scooter, and I don't mean to keep just using that as that's the only way that they get harassed, but that's kind of, I'm pointing it out for the simplicity of like how absurd it seems. There's a female on a bike, so we're going to harass her because she's on a bike. It, what is it like to vote, to like stand in a line and have, be, you know, be in a crowd like that? Uh, actually, I I have been covering many elections, and I I haven't seen uh, sexual harassments, uh, sexual harassment cases, or women not being able to vote because the women are given the right to vote, and uh, at polling stations there are there is security, and uh, okay, so it's so people do not uh, feel afraid to vote. Women do not. Keep, uh, women do not feel afraid to vote and go to vote, and they have they are being granted the uh, the right to vote. And what they about really. And what about like you have a husband at your home, or you have a father who feels against it, or am I silly for thinking that way? No, my father, uh, my parents in general are very much supportive of DC. Uh, they support the idea very much, and they like the idea, and. We have always been supporting us uh, throughout uh, the lives. Because uh, my sister and I have founded this uh, startup. It's not only me. Uh, my sister, Nuran, is uh, one of the co-founders. Uh, and uh, they support us all the time. Uh, we haven't uh, been faced by any kind of uh, criticism of the idea or uh, they uh, prevented us from doing the uh, from pursuing with the idea, you know, they, uh, they keep uh, supporting us. Gotcha. I was actually thinking more generally, just for any female who would be over there, would it be common for husbands to try to have their wives not vote or fathers to have their daughters when they're of age to not vote? Or would you say that's not no. very common? It's not very common. But okay. No, I, well, I don't think so. I mean, that seems to me like a mentality shift alone, just yes. embracing the empowerment. Um, which is good to hear because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting that it would be a little more difficult to have your voices heard through um, in elections, through voting. No, I don't think. Also, uh, women have been increasingly uh, going to the polls in recent years, and uh, we have been seen uh, in large numbers in the in polling stations, and they support many of them support the current president Abdul Fattah Sisi. And uh, President Abdelhassisi usually talks about women and he talks that uh, women uh, play a very important role in the society and we call upon them to go to the polls and, uh, and so on. So, and how long has that been, how long has that mentality been present there in Egypt? For years, for decades. Oh, that, wow. No, we haven't been facing any problems with uh, voting or, uh, or going to the polls. We we freely vote, uh, but we have some political, of course, political issues here in Egypt. Uh, but uh, for women, it's easy for them, or it's common for them to go to vote freely. Gotcha, God, and that's part of what I love. Um, I've sp- spoken to people in um, a couple different countries now, and then people even just within the you know United States of America, 
And every time I speak to someone, I'm always amazed at how ignorant I am about something. <laughs> like how much I don't know or I have a misconception, which is part of why I love doing this podcast is you just, you get an actual understanding from real people about what it's like to be them somewhat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mean to keep have sounding you ever been to Have you ever been to Egypt? Oh, no. Lord, no. I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know if I would feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get very worrisome about um, not understanding languages. I don't know how common English would be. And you hate to be in someone else's country, someone else's culture and not understand it. Yes. Um, so I think that would be the biggest thing where mm-hmm. I just wouldn't know what was going on. I would offend somebody. A situation would escalate. I have no idea what the laws are. And now you're like, oh my God, like, what did I do? How am I in this situation? I think if you go to uh, tourist cities, like uh, coastal cities, for example, Alexandria, Sharm el-Sheikh, Hergada, these places, you will find a lot of people who uh, speak uh, English and many other languages, uh, German, Russian, because they, uh, they have been familiar with, with tourists, and so they, they speak the language. So you, you won't feel uh, uncomfortable or, uh, or you will not uh, find people speaking English. In these places, in these tourist uh, sites or tourist cities, you will find many people who speak uh, English. Gotcha. Huh. I recommend if you, uh, if you want to go to Egypt to visit uh, these places. Okay. Yeah, that's something, again, I didn't know either. <laughs> Man. I wanted to ask a little more about the economic opportunities. And um, I, I'm not in any way trying to paint uh, Egypt in some sort of bad light, just so you know as well. But I'm wondering, does the sexual harassment limit the economic opportunities? Or when you speak of sexual harassment, is it in workplace environments where females can't get positions of authority or power because their supervisor is not allowing them to? Of course. Of course. Uh... If women get harassed in the workplaces, many of them may leave their jobs and find, try to find other jobs. Uh, it's a real it's a problem here in Egypt. Uh, but I think there is some kind of awakening and uh, people, uh, as long as the law will be uh, put into effect, the, the law will be applied, people will... Uh, this phenomena will uh, will be eliminated. And you're uh, you're saying so, that there is so for us it would be our human resources department in America. There's laws about sexual harassment, right? Like I can't come there up. There is to a law, right? Mm-hmm. There is a law here in Egypt uh, uh, for sexual harassment, uh, but it's not very much applied. But I think it's it's getting better as I told you. Uh, uh, regarding sexual harassment and people are getting more aware and uh, even women are helping their harassers and they, uh, they get them to the police stations and they report uh, the cases. So women are taking action against the sexual harassment uh, and, uh, and uh, standing and up so, for themselves. And social, speaking up about the, 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 the cases themselves. Uh, and on social media and on, and, report, uh, and with people, so uh, and even reporting it, uh, reporting them to uh, the police uh, authorities. 
so uh, it's it, it's uh, getting better, I think. What what are like what would be the consequences? Is it typically a fine? Do you then have to? Um, is there some sort of oversight so that the employee who has been sexually harassed doesn't get um, repercussions? You know, all of a sudden they like you have to you're monitored to make sure the female can keep her job. Uh, what is happening now is that most of the employers get away with their uh, get away with it. They don't don't get bush, punished. But uh, why do you I think, think the solution? I'm sorry, but why do you think that is? It, so in my head, I go lobbyists, like money talks kind of a thing, where if they own business or they're influential, you can almost pay people off, or you have status within the um, town. Yes, uh, of course, many of them are influential, and uh, especially in private uh, places, uh, in uh, in public places or in governmental run uh, places, women fear social stigma uh, because if they tell people about uh, the fact that they have been sexually harassed uh, maybe they uh, they receive criticism from uh, people from their friends even from their friends or their families uh, or people surrounding them in general uh, or their colleagues uh, they will uh, look at them in a different way and they say that they're not good people they get criticized no, yeah, absolutely. So are they criticized in, in the matter of like, you invited this? You shouldn't have been flirting with him? Some, it's your yes, fault? Yes, or? Some, yes, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, you, you, uh, you wore these cer uh, certain clothes. You, uh, you, were, uh, you, you possibly were flirting with him, uh, as, 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 you, uh, as you said. Wow. That, um, again, man, that it's something, and it still happens over here, but it's definitely less prevalent, at least in my limited life experiences with it, that, um, that woman empowerment of, do I really have to worry about how I'm dressing because someone will throw it in my face if this guy harasses me? Yes. You know, like that, that is that, what a hard way to actually just focus on a job if you have to deal with that. Sorry. Oh no, I just said if that's on your mind, like it takes away from your actual job performance of as well. Course. You know, of, like of you go to work to work and be good at work. I'm not going to work to worry about like if I talk and to you or worse. if I laugh at a joke, you think that I want your yes. sexual advances. You know, that that's it's a terrible place yes, to be. Sure. I think it gets worse with people with low people of uh with in low classes. Uh, because they have to work, and so they can sometimes yeah. uh, bear the sexual harassment, and they can accept the sexual harassment in order to get money for their children or for their families. So, uh, so it's worse for people who don't have, uh, uh, who are of no authority and of uh, of limited financial resources. Yeah, how much? What's job market over there like? So in America, we've almost gotten to the point now where like you have to have a post high school degree, whether it's an associate's, a trade or a four year bachelor's in order to become middle class. It's very hard, pretty rare for someone who's straight out of high school or even dropped out of high school to become middle class. And I'm wondering what it's no, like it's over so there. Uh, no, uh, in the middle class, there are a lot of people who are uh, who have master's degree, PhDs. Yeah. Uh, 
So, uh, but is that pretty uh, common? Even in the local. I'm sorry, I did not mean to um, interrupt you. No, it's in the middle classes. The middle class is the biggest uh, segment of the society. Okay. So there is the 10%, 10% uh, high class, and there is uh, also a very big uh, segment in the low classes. Actually, 70% of the Egyptian population uh, are in poverty. They live uh, under $2 per day. Uh, according to the World Bank. Uh, but that doesn't uh, relate to the education because uh, education in the uh, governmental uh, uh, governmental universities uh, are mostly are uh, are mostly free of choice. Uh, there are choice there are uh, expenditure but they are not very expensive. Uh, they, are, they are regarded almost free. Uh, so it's uh, it's easy for people from the middle class and even from the low class to be uh, to go to the university. So if it's easy to go, how is seventy percent in poverty if you can get a degree? Sixty percent. Oh, sixty. Uh, as I told you, yes. Huh. As I told you, uh, education is almost for free in the, at schools and uh, in the university. So many people, uh, uh, not all of them, of course, uh, in the low class, low classes, and uh, the middle class go to universities uh, because it it doesn't uh, cost a lot uh, to go to the university or uh, to study at school. Oh no, I understand that. What I'm saying is, if if it is if it does not cost a lot, how can you have such a high percentage? of poverty if you can get a degree? Shouldn't the degree take you out of poverty and allow you to earn a, a good living, um, like be able to save money? Yes. The education system is not very good here uh, in Egypt. Uh, the class, in one class, you can have 100 children in a very small class. Uh, and the education is not good. Uh, the teachers themselves are not uh, well educated, uh, so it's it's not good uh, to have educate. It's uh, the education is not very good here in Egypt. So most of the people uh, who graduate from universities uh, may have difficulties uh, speaking other language or or being good at what they have been specialized in. Gotcha. Okay, and so how did you become so good? Or is I guess education must be very important to your family's values. Yes, of course, uh, education, and also uh, trying to teach myself. So I uh, I learn online. I go to uh, go to courses. Uh, so I take I took a lot of courses, whether in journalism or in. Uh, in language, in computer skills, uh, graphic design. Uh, I, I'm also pursuing my master's degree in television and digital journalism at the American University in Cairo. And it's not uh, costing me also a lot because I, uh, I've i been giving a scholarship. So uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't cost me uh, anything. And so then you have these skills, and I'm just going to go with a very, um, uh, an example. If you were to be sexually harassed and you felt uncomfortable, 
Do you feel like you would have multiple job options or do you feel like you would have to stay in that spot because you're limited? Yes. If I got sexually harassed at work, I will take legal action against the harasser. And then, uh, of course, I can get uh, other jobs, especially because I do a lot of freelancing and it's it's okay for me to... uh, uh, to work uh, from home, to work, uh, to, to not do not have a full time uh, job. Uh, like in also, an office. I can apply. I can apply for other jobs. Uh, uh, so I think I believe that if uh, if I've lost uh, any of uh, the jobs I'm doing, I will find uh, an alternative. And part of that's just because you're so versatile. You have, um, you've, well, clearly you've built your own almost brand with the freelancing and the, um, the dozing. Yes. But part yes. of it also is you just, you're multilingual. You understand communication. You can write. You're getting into TV. Yes. Gotcha. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's always something that interests me. And it, it, it really, it makes me sad. Um, so I'm a teacher actually over here in Delaware. And, well, it makes me sad to think of if a kid was stuck in a job that's miserable to them, that's a terrible environment, and they didn't have the skills to get themselves yes. out of it or to even apply to another job. You know, that that's really that was um when yes. you had said that, I'm like, man, that what a horrible place to be mentally. Yes, it's it's very sad. But uh, I think that uh, social enterprises can reach out to those people and can provide additional uh, job opportunities for them and can uh, find solutions to the problems that are happening. Entrepreneurship is very important. And uh, actually, Egypt is, uh, the Egyptian government is supporting uh, startups and we are reaching out to them and try to support them, whether technically or financially. So I believe the entrepreneurship is very important and uh, anyone who can have an idea that can help other people should go ahead with it. How do they how does the Egyptian government help technologically and financially? Is it like tax credits or you get $2000 in a loan? Um they give you they, equipment? They give yes, they give them uh, loans and they uh, offer them mentorship and uh, technical support. Uh, uh, so they have several pro- uh, programs for uh, entrepreneurship, uh, and they make uh, every now and then they make competitions, and uh, many of them uh, uh, get uh, get money out of these uh, competitions, and it helps them uh, to expand their businesses uh, and to help more people. God, what are the competitions like? Like you present your idea, and they pick a winner. Yes. Uh, and we had a very uh, famous uh, competition on TV, uh, and uh, it got uh, many viewers uh, on TV actually. And uh, many many entrepreneurs have been applied, and uh, we have seen uh, entrepreneurs uh, answering questions and trying to uh, uh, pitch pitch their ideas uh, to the jury and to the audience as well. Okay, what's the TV show called? It's called Huna uh, Shabeb. Here are the young people. Ah, great title. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. I love it. I do. I also love it when young people are able, they're driven, 
they're goal setting, they have objectives and uh, they try, they, they just don't want to settle. So they want to thrive and they start applying themselves and their passion, their energy to a business. Yes. So is that like a regular TV show or is that a annual thing that just gets televised? It's, it happened once. Uh, I haven't seen a second edition of it. Okay. So have you heard of the, and it's a TV show that's pretty famous over here in the States. Have you heard of Shark Tank? Uh, no, I haven't heard of it. Okay. It's, Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark it's Tank. It's a similar one. Yeah, it's almost the exact same premise where what happens is it's a weekly show. You'll have four or five millionaire billionaires in different industries. So some yes. are into technology, some are into finance, some are into sports, some are into clothing. And you come with your idea to them basically asking for a partnership and you try to negotiate how good is your product and then how much money can you get from them to help you make your product take that next step? Yes. Very nice. Yeah. it's And I don't know how successful it is, but it's really dramatic. And you sit there and watch all these people's ideas and they just – it's amazing the way that some of these people think and how they make things. Yes. Yes, that's right. So speaking of young people and making money and entrepreneurship, what – um. What were some of the things that happened in your life that you inspired you to become so business minded? Um, actually, I uh, I uh, participated in uh, several uh, initiatives and uh, startups. Uh, I uh, was part of a startup called Xaviha, which encourages women to have their own startups by giving them sessions on uh, mentorship. Uh, business uh, development, uh, uh, pricing strategies, uh, and so on. Uh, the startup was helping women uh, start their own businesses. Uh, also, I was part of a uh, startup called Direxiona, which uh, encourages women to drive cars, uh, and it offers them sessions on how to drive uh, cars. And uh, these two uh, startups that I was part of uh, inspired me to uh, to have my own business. And uh, also the idea of the startup came of an experience that I faced along with my sister. Uh, my sister and I uh, were trying to find, uh, we're trying to learn how to ride the scooters. And we were searching for uh, nearby instructors, but we couldn't find one. Um, so we. No, I'm just so thinking. We, yeah. I'm sorry. And for people who are listening, we can't see each other. Um, so, <laughs> me as a new podcast host, I don't want people to feel like they are uh, left out there, like I'm not listening. But then when I sure. sometimes will be like, ah, it makes people stop because they can't see me. And then I'm like, oh, God, yeah. now I'm interrupting their story. But I, <laughs> so I didn't mean to do that at all. But it's, I love that. I love when people notice a market deficiency. And they're like, oh my yes. God, I could do this. And they take that risk. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And, uh, and then we, we, uh, we noticed that there, is, there are many women who, are, who want to ride the scooters and bicycles, but they don't find uh, enough instructors or they barely find instructors. So we 
thought of uh, uh, this startup in order to fill the gap between the supply and the demand. Right. We want to encourage more and more women to uh, to be scooter or bicycle instructors uh, in order to meet the high demand on learning how to ride scooters and bicycles. And so I've got a question about that. I had a professional poker player on the podcast, and she's a female, Jillian. And mm-hmm. it's something I haven't considered, and I probably haven't considered it because I'm a male, and I don't know if it like we're almost impervious to this stuff, perception. <laughs> but she plays poker, and she often feels very socially alienated because there are so many men around her. And even mm-hmm. the way that men play poker can alienate her and be intimidating for women to take it up. Now, the Mm -hmm. reason I bring this up is I'm starting to think like, I bet a lot of women wouldn't even feel comfortable taking lessons from males because of whatever, just maybe males are more aggressive or less forgiving, less emotional, less empathetic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. gotta be so encouraging to females to have female instructors teach them. Mm -hmm. I, I would assume it would be way more comfortable for them to learn how to do something new. Yes, it's very comfortable for women, especially here in Egypt, to have the female instructors. Uh, number one, because of the, as I told you, the sexual harassment uh, problem here in Egypt, and uh, they may get sexually harassed by their uh, instructors, and they don't feel comfortable having a, uh, a male instructor. So many of the women who uh, who want even, I've noticed that in the startup that I worked in, uh, Direcciona, uh, which teaches women how to drive uh, cars, and most of them uh, were saying that they want uh, female instructors, not male instructors. Right. So uh, from where I from from that I realized that it's it's more comfortable for women to uh, have. Uh, a female yeah. instructor teaching her how to ride scooters or bikes. God, I could not. I mean, if if you go again with the the sexual harassment mindset, locking yourself into a car and being isolated with a guy, yes. I'd like. I'd much rather be on a scooter. At least I feel like I could run at some point. You know, <laughs> like so. But like, man, I could yes. not imagine with that fear and culture, purposefully mm-hmm. putting yourself into a position where. It could very easily happen, and then it's just word on he said, she said type word, and it didn't seem like the female's words were taken very seriously, you know? So, man. Yes, exactly. That's so much. Exactly. God, that's so much. It's just it's it's nice to hear that it's turning around, though. Really, it's encouraging, to be honest with you, because um, I don't, we're in the middle of um, Black Lives Matter over here in America um, with mm-hmm. racial injustice, police brutality, police reform. Uh, white privilege, you know, understanding that just your perceptions of things aren't exactly how it is. And mm-hmm. um, I'm getting a great perception of Egypt and just it's it seems so progressive compared to what I thought. Mm-hmm. As I told you, what we're trying to do in Ducey is to make it easier, very easy for women and uh, to make the, the experience very comfortable and uh in order for them to uh, to learn what they want to learn, uh, uh, in this case, it's scooters and bicycles. Yeah. So we want to make the experience very easy and very comfortable. So we're trying to, uh, and every now and then we change uh, something in the uh, in the startup. Like we see what people want and uh, and what makes them more 
feeling more comfortable and we add uh, that to our uh, to our service oh like how so for example uh, some women for example they want to work as a delivery uh, in the delivery business some women uh, uh, who, who apply for us they uh, they don't want to be in, uh, instructors they want to uh, work in the delivery business for example so we added that service and we're trying to expand uh, uh, to expand this uh, service in our uh, uh, in our business like allowing women to be delivery uh, women but still we're facing some challenges in this uh, aspect as far uh, as them being hired or is there like a different scooter technique different laws different like registration you have to have if you're an official business like that no, it's uh, for for them to be hired. Uh, we're facing the challenge of uh, many women fear to be uh, deliver to 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 be delivery women because they sometimes also get sexually harassed by the people they deliver to. Oh. So this is a big this is a big challenge as well. Um, and. Uh, but we're trying to face that challenge. We're trying to also give them classes uh, on how to uh, defend themselves uh, physically against sexual harassment. Yeah, man, that really, uh, just because you speak about it so much, like just some basic, I believe maybe like jujitsu or just different ways to enable someone using their own body weight kind of a technique. I feel would be mm-hmm. the next thing. Or what about something as simple as like just pepper spray? Yes. Very nice. We, we haven't thought about that, but, uh, uh, in the, actually at the, in the def- self-defense classes, uh, we haven't been advised to do so, but maybe we can, uh, tell the coach to, to tell the girls to use that. Man, I, have you ever dealt with pepper spray? Like been no. pepper sprayed or anything like that? No. Yeah. So I was in the um, National Guard over here and we go through basic training. And part of the training is you um, go into a gas room, a room, you take your gas mask off and then you've got to like recite your social, you've got to execute a command, you've got to reply and speak. And I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. it is, it is damn disabling. Like I'm not going to continue to grab you (laughs) and hold you against your will if I'm getting, like if my eyes are burning like that. So and it seems like such a very simple thing where I would I would assume if word got out that you get frisky with a girl coming to your door bringing you food mm-hmm. and you get sprayed mm-hmm. in the face like that would spread sure. and then all of a sudden it's like do I want to be that guy that could get sprayed in the face mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> very very nice and uh, it's it's a very good solution we haven't thought of it actually huh. but uh, maybe we can uh, we can't tell them to use that. Yeah, because it's the physical strength is really the biggest issue. Even if yes. you're even if you're um, competent in a technique, for the most part, mm-hmm. the typical male compared to the typical female, the guy is just so much naturally stronger, and it really puts the yes. women at a at a very vulnerable spot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for the idea. 
Oh, it's what it's what I do. I save lives on the podcast. I get to know people and I save lives. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, oh, man. Dude, but I, I love it. And that's, I, again, part of the cool thing of talking is you just get to learn ideas of people. So how many employees do you have or how many women are certified instructors for you? Uh, now we have uh, 15 instructors uh, in both Cairo and Alexandria, and they have trained uh, around 1,000 uh, women and girls in both uh, Cairo and Alexandria. Did you say 1,000? Yes, 1,000 girls. Wow. Yes. Dude, that's a solid not one. And how long? Mm-hmm. Actually, I'd never even asked that. How long has it been that you've been doing this? Uh, we started in April last year, uh, 2019. Okay. And uh, after, and we launched the website in uh, June 2019. Uh, and we're operating to now. We have we, we expanded in Alexandria uh, by the beginning of this year. Uh, Alexandria is the second largest uh, city and we want in the coming few months to expand in other uh, in other cities uh, especially we want to reach out to people in uh, Upper Egypt which is in the south of the country and uh, these places are very very conservative uh, more than uh, more conservative than in uh, the capital or in coastal cities so we want to reach out to those people and uh, also the there, there are challenges, and we're trying to find solutions to them. One of the challenges is that there are no uh, scooter instructors there. Uh, nobody there, uh, no women, no woman there uh, rides uh, scooter. So we want to train uh, people there on how to ride scooters uh, in these cities. We will go to them and uh, and train them. And then we will uh, try to qualify them to be uh, scooter instructors. Uh, And afterwards, uh, they can train other women in their cities uh, on scooters and bicycles as well. Um, And it's funny. So it sounds like you almost have to go there for a week and kind of like recruit and find just some people around who you can give this opportunity to. Yes. And also, we, we will send instructors there in these places to uh, train these uh, women how to ride uh, scooters and bicycles. Do you typically just get women asking you, hey, I'd like to be an instructor? Or do you have to like recruit yes. them and say, hey, I think you would be a good instructor? No, many people uh, send us on our social media accounts uh, uh, saying that they want to be instructors. And uh, those people, we, uh, we meet them. And we uh, figure out about their experience and uh, how long have uh, how long they have been uh, riding scooters, uh, have they trained people before, uh, and so on. And uh, relying on this uh, informational data, we uh, we proceed with these women. We either give them further training or we uh, immediately hire them, depending on their uh, experience. Um, so we want to uh, increase our instructors as much as we can because uh, this is one of the main uh, aims of our startup empowering more and more women economically and uh, creating job opportunities for them 
How easy is it for them to get a scooter? Like, I'm just wondering about the cost of that. The scooters are not very expensive. Uh, they, uh, uh, used scooters uh, are about 9,000 Egyptian pounds, uh, which, uh, which equals 500 US dollars. Uh, uh, yes, 500 US dollars, which is not uh, very expensive. And they can also uh, uh, take scooters with installments. Like they can uh, buy them with installments. Oh, yeah, they just make uh, payments then. So then if they yes. can get clients, then they'll be able to pay off their scooter. Yes, sure, sure. Yeah, but so, uh, so just for, and I'm sorry to cut you off, um, but no, it's okay. for perspective, when you say a scooter is $500 American, the only perspective I have is like you had said poverty, they're living on $2 a day. But yes. what would it, what would like a common daily earning be in, in U.S. dollars? Uh, for women working as instructors? Well, no, I guess just for a typical woman who would want to become an instructor. I, the reason I'm asking is like, I don't understand or it's hard for me to understand how easy or how hard it would be, how long it would take to save up the $500 to get a scooter. Because in my head, I'm um, going back to you make $2 a day. That's That's almost a year. <laughs> Without spending yes. any money, it would take to save a scooter. And that almost seems impossible to me. So that's why I was asking. Um, actually, yes, sure. Uh, average salaries here in Egypt uh, are between uh, 2,000 and uh, 3,000 uh, Egyptian pounds, which uh, equal uh, about uh, $300 uh, or $250. Would that be uh, annually? Every uh, 2,000? It's it's monthly. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. So these are average uh, salaries. So uh, they can buy scooters uh, on an an installment basis. Like they can uh, they can buy them with with paying installments. Yes. Uh, and it's going to take them a few months to uh, with working as instructors and also with working with their other job uh, to repay the uh, yeah the, uh, to pay it off yes I'm interested in um interest so if you get a loan is there a typical interest rate yes it's about twenty percent uh, oh my gosh very oh uh, very high wow yes. very high regardless so and I I don't mean to be disrespectful or mansplain when I say things like this but. Do you guys have like a credit system? So in America, we'll have a credit score. Like you have 500, 600, 700, 800. The higher your credit score, the lower interest you can get loans for because you have a history of paying off loans on time or you have a lot of cash as an asset that they feel comfortable giving you the money because they'll get it back. Uh, actually, I uh, I don't have much information about that, but... Uh... All I know is that the interest rates uh, on loans uh, are uh, are about twenty percent. And are those through uh, banks, or are they through companies? Yes, through, through banks, of course. Yes. Wow, dude, those banks must be making some serious money on twenty yes. percent interest. Wow. Yes, but but at the same time, banks offer uh, 
certificates on a very high interest rate. Uh, like, for example, you put your money in the bank and you uh, turn them into certificates and then they give you uh, about uh, 15% interest on these, uh, on this money oh. every month. So this is good as well. Got you. Okay. So then, and you, you just have to basically say, I will give you this money, turn it to a certificate for six months or a year or two years. And then you yes. get, you get the dividends from it. The yes. Percent. Wow. Yes. 15%. That's a great return. Yes, that's true. So then that's why they're charging 20%. Man, so that yeah. that to me, so really it's a 5% loan if you didn't give your money certificates. You could loan money for 5% almost or 6%. Yes. Yes, sure. Wow. Yes, that's true. That is so interesting cuz when I hear that and again, I don't want to get too political or anything, but to me that's like people with the money have a much easier time of keeping their money and making even more. Where people without money, it's very hard to overcome not only five, a 10,000 10, Egyptian what, – what is your currency called? I, I missed that. Egyptian pound. Egyptian pounds. pound. Pounds. So yes. 10,000 pounds when I'm making 3,000 a month with 20% interest, that's three months with another 20%. You're looking at almost like three and a half months of a salary just to get a scooter for a mode of yes. transportation. Yes, exactly. Like that, that, exactly. that's very much like separating the haves and the haves nots. Mm. But also the uh, the job of uh, an instructor, a scooter instructor, is very profitable. And uh, and many women who uh, join us, they uh, they make a lot of money because of our packages uh, they are. Uh, they offer very good money for uh, instructors. Uh, and at the same time, when people uh, cannot afford the classes, we offer them for free. Like, for example, when people uh, have no money to, uh, to take uh, the course, mm -hmm. the training course, we offer, we offer it for free. Uh, and if they want to be instructors, uh, and they don't have money, we offer the course for free. And then we ask them to uh, train people on their scooters, not on her scooter, not on, on the instructor's scooter, on people's scooters. So when we have customers who have scooters and they haven't been learning so far, the instructor gets uh, trains the, the training mm -hmm. uh, on her scooter. Without having scooter. Oh, because they have the you knowledge, and then that's almost like the collateral. Yes. Got you. Yes. Oh, that man. Well, that's a, that sounds like a very fair deal to get the skills, yes. and then they can the instructor would be able to earn the money, and hopefully, rather quickly, be able to purchase their own scooter exactly. and then expand. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's. I gotta ask about public transportation in Egypt. With the need for scooter scooters and the pollution, is public tra how reliable is public transportation, or what is public transportation like out there? Uh, in Egypt, we have uh, the met the underground. We have buses, uh, we have taxis, and uh, uh, we have Uber and Merium, which are ride uh, ride uh, healing apps. Uh, okay, and I uh, but. 
Go, go ahead. And uh, uh, so in, in Cairo, it's very crowded. And uh, by launching Lucy, we want to uh, lower the traffic congestion in Cairo by encouraging people to ride uh, vehicles like scooters, uh, which can be faster and uh, uh, it can't cause a lot of traffic. And also bicycles. People can use bicycles as a right. means of uh, transportation, uh, whether uh, using them when they uh, go to their work or to their university. And uh, so this is going to reduce uh, a lot of the traffic uh, that we see uh, on a daily basis in the capital. Because do most people take public transportation there, or do most people like to have their own mode of transportation? Uh, most people uh, take public transportation, but the women, uh, as I told you, because of the, the sexual harassment, they tend more to use uh, private, uh, like their cars or Uber because it's safer, uh, and also using bicycles and uh, scooters can be a personal and private experience. Like you don't have to go into the the bus and interact with other people, uh, and you you can get uh, uh, you you can highly get uh, sexual uh, probably uh, sexual uh, high, uh, highly probably get sexually aroused. Right. If you have your own if you if you have your own scooter or bicycle, uh, maybe you can avoid much of the sexual harassment that you will receive in a in a bus. Uh, or in uh, in the underground, right? Because it's very crowded in the bus uh, and in the underground as well. The and I thought of that for the um as a reason as far as avoiding the sexual harassment, but I also wondered about public transportation. So if I get a scooter license and now I have a scooter, comparing my options of finding a job, let's say it's not with being a scooter instructor, let's say it's whatever, just a job, employment for a company. Because I now have the mobility and freedom that I can make my own schedule with a scooter, am I able to go further or do I have a better, a wider range of job options because I'm mobile? Yes, sure. Okay. Actually, having, having a scooter, uh, you can uh, use it for delivery or you can give rides for other people like Uber Scooter, for example. We hire people uh, who uh, have their scooters and they uh, make rides with these scooters. And uh, Uber Scooter has been operating it for a while, mm -hmm. but now it, uh, I think it's not working now. Uh, so it, uh, it opens the door for more job opportunities. And I was just thinking more of, so if, when I think of public transportation and I don't know how often yours, um, I'm assuming if you have an underground Metro, it's pretty consistent and reliable as far as if you're going to, you know, when you're going to be at a particular stop and you can count on that. Is that, is that the yeah. case? Like if it's two o'clock and the bus is supposed to be there at two or the train's supposed to be there at two, it shows up? No, no, oh. it's not like that. Really? Uh, yes, uh, it depends. The bus comes. Uh, the bus comes at uh, no specific time. Oh uh, really? And 
the nature station sometimes gets uh, 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 has some broke down. Uh, so, uh, so, so it's not usually the case like in Europe or the US. Yeah. So we don't have that. Man, yeah, see, and that's more what I was thinking of, Mena, was if I was going to apply for a job, say I was an accountant and I wanted to apply to be an accountant and I had to be to work at 9 a.m., can I rely on public transportation to get me there on time or do I need this scooter to make sure I can meet my deadline, I can get the job on, I can be prompt for my work? Scooters are more reliable than the public transportation. The public transportation, yeah, because of because as I told you, the public transportation uh, is not uh, doesn't come on time, uh, like in, uh, in other countries, like in Europe or uh, the U.S. or other countries. Right. So, uh, so scooters are more reliable, and it's it's cheap. The fuel is uh, very cheap. Uh, it doesn't cost you a lot, and uh, also it. Uh, it gets you faster to the places you want to uh, to go to. Uh, it has several advantages, and uh, I I think that more and more people should use scooters or bicycles as a means of transportation. Yeah, no, I because you can weave in and out of them so much. We actually have a little bit of a scooter town down here we call them mopeds and i wow. i'm not exactly the different i don't know the exact the exact difference between a scooter and a moped but we um it's a resort town a little bit like what you're saying with alexandria where we're at a beach we get a lot of tourists we get a lot of traffic and if you have a scooter you're just zooming in and out you're on the shoulder you know you're able to weave and uh it is it's so efficient it's easy to park they don't take up as much space man yes, that's sure. what about the weather how um so if you're riding a scooter and I know nothing about Egypt's weather, is it just like reliable and consistent, sunny? You don't have to worry about rain that often, or you just ride it in the rain. It doesn't matter. The the weather in Egypt in the summer it's hot and in the winter it's not very cold. It's uh, it's warm. We have some like cold rains, uh, but the weather in Egypt is perfect. It's uh, it's not very cold and it's not very hot. Uh, it's perfect all through the year. Got you. And so then, yeah. And then in the summer, just being out in the sun on a scooter, do, would you have to worry about that at all, or it's bearable? Uh, the uh, the the word the 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 mask. The, sorry, I I I forgot the word for. Uh, the helmet? The sheet, the helmet, yes. Okay. We wore the helmet. And this... Uh, it's got to be hot. This prevents... Yes. It also uh, protects them from the sun. Oh. Uh, huh. Yes. So it's, uh, it's good uh, in the summer for them to use uh, the helmet. And also it's part of the, the safety gear. Yeah. And I was just, and hey, Mina, if you um, are near that window, I'm getting a little bit of wind. I don't know if you can get to a little better spot for the background noise. Yes. Um, so I, yes, was, sure. I was wondering, the reason I was bringing up the weather, because when I think of 
Egypt and like you had said in the sun in the summer, I would assume I would want to be in a car with air conditioning, <laughs> not yes. not not out with the being exposed to the sun. And I was wondering sure. if that played at all in people um, in, in your business thoughts of getting people to ride scooters. Actually, it's a problem for many people to uh, ride scooters uh, in the summer. But as I told you, it's not very hot uh, in the summer. Some days, some days are very hot, and some other days, uh, it's not. It's good. So uh, it's still a problem for people to uh, to uh, uh, to experience uh, riding a scooter in the summer. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel big, like I would get to my destination and just be so sweaty. <laughs> I feel like I yes. would feel disgusting <laughs> getting to my yes, spot yes. and just I like yes, I'd have to have sure. a second change of clothes or something, man. That's a problem. Yes, it's a problem, <laughs> and uh, but it's it's very a very very good experience in the winter to ride the scooters. I bet. Uh, and in other uh, times of the year. Uh, other than the, the the summer, sometimes the summer, as I told you, there are uh, days that are not uh, very hot and uh, uh, people can uh, go around riding scooters yeah. and you can enjoy it. Right. And I mean, and at the end of the day, too, if you're moving and the breeze is hitting you, that's pretty refreshing as well. Yes. Now, you had mentioned um, lowering pollution rates. And that's something I don't know much about. I've I know in our cities like Los Angeles, New York, especially Los Angeles, you can get a smog. I've heard, though I've never been in China, that it's horrible. Like their cities, it, it's just continuous clouds of pollution. And I'm wondering, um, could you tell me a little bit about uh, Cairo's environment? The pollu uh, as far as pollution. Cairo is also one of the top countries in the world. Where uh, pollution, air pollution rates are very high. Oh, really? Uh, uh, yes, and uh, and also uh, pollution costs the government a lot of uh, traffic, and pollution costs the government a lot of the losses, uh, economic losses, uh, every year. So uh, we try to uh, reduce these uh, uh, pollution and traffic high tra uh, high pollution rates. Uh, why by does, encouraging people to use yeah, yes. to use the scooters but wh wh why does it cost them because they're getting fined or because they're trying to clean and organize what's the loss uh, the the losses are mainly because of the traffic and uh, uh, of course many uh, many people do not get on time to their words uh, the uh, the uh, uh, this caused the government a lot of uh, economic uh, losses. Oh, uh, so it's the workforce not being able to be productive because yes. traffic just sucks and you can't get anywhere. Yes. Gotcha, yes. gotcha. Exactly, exactly. I did, okay. And uh, so we're trying to uh, make uh, encourage people to use environmentally friendly means of transportation like bicycles. Right. Because bicycles are environmentally friendly, uh, and they're and, healthy for uh, they you. Can, it's a great little workout. Yes, you know. Yes, and they can reduce a lot of uh, uh, a lot of traffic uh, here in Cairo. Uh, 
and they will protect the environment right. as well. What's it like? What's the air like over there? Does it always seem kind of smoggy? Does it always have kind of like a funky, like smell to it, or do you get like clear, crisp days? Uh, some days are uh, are clear, and some other days are very smoggy. And in industrial uh, parts of uh, the country, it's uh, it's very bad, and the pollution rates are very uh, are very high. Man. Yeah, that's something um, I think a lot of people can take for granted um, over here in the States is, and I, I, I'm not like a lawyer or anything, and I know that some businesses still do pollute, but I think for the most part, the fact that we have like an EPA, the Environmental um, Protection Agency, a lot of places in America, the air just seems clean. It, it seems clear. Yes. Even in New York City, when I've gone, it it has, you can smell it. It's a city smell, but you can still, you don't feel like it's dirty air. At least I didn't. Um, yes. And it just, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's bad also here in Egypt in terms of air pollution. And according to uh, official estimates and uh, uh, the World Bank, uh, the, uh, the the pollution is very bad, and uh, the traffic congestion also is uh, is very bad here, especially in the capital. Yeah, do they have much um, regulation for the cars or the vehicles over there, as far as their emissions? Uh, actually, no. Oh, but, really? Uh, yes, but the government is trying to encourage people to uh, to turn their cars from uh, petrol power to uh, to natural gas uh, power. Wait, uh, a natural gas-powered car? Yes. I have not heard of these. And I've never heard yes, of that. It's much uh, more uh, environment-friendly, and it's uh, part of the wider plan to uh, to turn to electric uh, cars, I have which, to... which are, of course, environment-friendly. Natural gas. I just want to Google this. I've literally never heard. I didn't think you could do natural sure. gas because isn't natural gas like super combustible? Like much more so that like the pressure is what I'm thinking of. Natural gas. Powered car. Natural gas vehicles. Alternative fuel. No, just natural gas liquefied. They yes, they are powered by natural gas. Wow. So yeah, it's the exact same thing, but then apparently it just cleans burner. Finally, the fuel is in there. Oh man, I had no idea. So I think something we did over here, and I, I'm again not a scientist, but we put ethanol, which I thought was to reduce emissions, um, but a lot of people didn't like that. I thought it like messed up the internal combustions. Ethanol is like almost like a corn syrup, I thought or think. Mm -hmm. Wow, I did not know natural gas vehicles. Yes. And then you're saying hoping. Uh, I, uh, oh, go ahead. I I have no uh, uh, more data about about this because I'm not specialized in uh, in vehicles or I uh, I only have a general idea about the fact that the government is trying to use more environmentally friendly. Uh, vehicles and there are electric uh, buses running in Egypt uh, operating in Egypt now 
the government is trying to increase uh, the number of those uh, electric buses. Um, and also, it uh, it wants to learn to uh, to turn cars into electric, petrol uh, powered cars into electric uh, cars, natural gas, and then electric cars. Gotcha. Yeah, is there like a big Tesla movement over there? No, actually, but we uh, we have been importing uh, electric cars. Uh, from other countries in recent years, but they are very expensive, of course. Yeah, and not then, many people buy them. Got you. And are you getting to the point now where your petrol stations have charging stations for electrical cars, or not yet? Yes, there are several uh, electric uh, car stations in Egypt, and they have been uh, established recently. Okay. Uh, and people can uh, recharge them uh, in these uh, stations. Gotcha. And just because I'm so interested, when you say they're expensive, like how many pounds would they be? Um, I think it's the RF, I don't know uh, exactly uh, how much they cost, but they are very expensive. Uh, gotcha. Yes. You can get some here. So we have like a lot of hybrids. Um, like, have you heard of the Toyota Prius? No. So No, I haven't heard of that. Tesla is the big one that's like pure electric. And then the hybrid is basically it has a combustible engine. And then that's what it's used to start. But then once it's on, or I guess maybe it's as like a backup. It's some sort of blend, honestly. And it's electric and gas. But you don't have to plug it in and recharge the electrical part. I believe when the combustible engine starts going, that's how through the like rotation of the wheels, it recharges the battery. Gotcha. Okay. Something's happening with the audio where I'm hearing myself on the feedback. I don't know if I'm on speaker maybe. Yes, just a minute. Okay. Yeah, that's the worst for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding out. It's funny, man. I just, you find out little things. Um, yeah, anytime the person speaks on speaker, it, uh, it like reverberates yes. because of the way I'm recording. Yes, sure. Is it better now? Yeah, no, that sounds great. That's perfect. Yes. Awesome. Well, um, so we've man, gone over so much with the pollution. The pollution thing is such a, it, it's such a huge, aside from the environmental, like the social, the social environmental things, caring about the actual environment as well. Um, it's a really just cause, man. Are there other companies like yours out there that are doing this? Have you inspired other companies to start this? Uh, actually, there uh, uh, there are mostly uh, scooter training academies, but they don't have in mind those uh, causes. They just uh, they just want to. I think their main cause is to uh, encourage more and more women to. Uh, ride scooters and uh, smash social stereotypes about women riding scooters, uh, but they don't have the other uh, causes in mind. Right. Uh, they don't. They don't talk about them. Uh, but they are uh, scooter academies, and they, they are. They aren't many here in Egypt. They are very few. Very very few. Gotcha. Well, it's awesome. The work you're doing, Manet, is awesome. Was Thank there, you so much. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or let people get to know about you and your business? Um, I just want to uh, 
to talk about our future plans. Uh, we want to expand, uh, as I told you, in uh, in Egypt. And also we have our eyes on other countries, like in the Gulf uh, countries, neighboring countries, oh, wow. uh, and uh, in Asia and Africa as well. Uh, we want to expand in these uh, places and but we we are studying which markets we can uh, target first but uh, but we have our eyes on uh, United Arab Emirates and uh, Saudi Arabia uh, also this is uh, this is the long term uh, plan our mm-hmm. plan now is to expand in Egypt uh, as i told you in upper egypt and uh, in the nile delta governorates and so on and we were also working on a mobile application, a ride-hailing uh, Uber-like application, where oh. uh, uh, women uh, scooter riders can give rides to women uh, across uh, Cairo or any other city. Oh, man, developing your own woman-for-woman woman Uber on a scooter. Yes, yes. Wow. Dude, that... But we- but we are still thinking about that and uh, trying to prepare for that. Yeah, that seems like a huge undertaking. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like I'm, I, I got anxiety just thinking about how to start doing something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love the ambition, man. I love it. Love the ambition. Yes. We are very ambitious, and we hope that uh, all our ambition ambitions will will come true one day. Yeah, well, I, I, it's so it's so easy to say, but you never know until you try, right? Yes, so it's awesome. It's yes, awesome sure. that you have that mentality to just try, and um, you have that vision. Thank you. And Thank you're you. you're hoping to get into Asia and Africa for those same reasons. You just want to like find places where women may be finding harassment or. Women yes, are l- like lacking for example, job opportunities. India. Yes, like for example, India in Asia, uh, also Sudan because it's uh, a neighboring country to uh, Egypt and it's an African country as well. So we uh, we are studying how to enter those markets. Sudan have the has the same uh, problems uh, as Egypt in terms of uh, perceptions, misperceptions about women. Uh, and discrimination against women and so on. So we want to target these uh, places where uh, we have similar uh, problems, uh, societal problems, right. and so on. What are you discovering? Because I'm so curious about that. Like trying to work with neighboring countries, does it seem, it, it, is it easy as far as like communicating, finding forms, or is it is it just like a grueling amount of tasks in any way um it's not easy of course uh, trying to uh, communicate with uh, people in other country in neighboring countries but actually sudanese people are very close to uh, the egyptian people for example and uh, we have uh, some sudanese friends and uh, so it makes it makes it easier for us to know their problems and uh, to know how to enter their market and so on. But for a company to enter a market, uh, there are certain legal and uh, uh, um, certain things to do. You have to do certain things uh, Requirements. Uh, in accordance with the laws of the country and so on. Yeah, I was wondering how open they are to foreign businesses coming in. 
in Sudan, it's a bit, a bit difficult. But we're trying to find out about that. But uh, what I know is that it's a, a little bit difficult, okay. especially for a foreign startup. So uh, we we are still trying to figure out about the, the rules and uh, and how we can enter this market. And how much is language language a hindrance, or do you wind up like communicating in English? Which no, we seems can't to understand. Be... No, we can't understand the Sudanese people. Oh yeah, we can't understand them. Yes, because we both speak Arabic. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Man, dude, that's awesome. I, I just, I, I, again, I love the vision. I love what you're talking about, and um, it's so awesome that something like the internet. And something like social media, which at least here in America, and I don't know how it is over there, social media can turn into a very negative thing where people are very nasty to each other. And the mm-hmm. fact that you're able to use it to empower and um, provide opportunities is um, awesome. It's just, it's been, yes. man, it's been so fun getting to know more about your business, Manet. Um, So fun Thank getting you. to talk to you. I really appreciate you um, taking time, coming back on and explaining it. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Man, best of luck to you. And um, keep doing it. <laughs> keep inspiring. Thank you. <laughs> Thank right. you so much. Bye, Manette. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. On the subject I like Thanks to Manet for coming on the pod. I mean, how impressive is that? This is exactly why I enjoy doing the podcast, the perspectives you get and the wonderful people you can meet. Manet, keep kicking ass, girlfriend, and empowering women. For more information about Manet's project, Ducey Official, or Ducey Bikes, you can look her up on Instagram. It's at Ducey Bikes, all one word. And Ducey is spelt D-O-S-Y, Bikes, B-I-K-E-S. Um, I keep wanting to say Dosey. I think I actually referred to that at the beginning of the podcast. It is Dosey Bikes, all one word on Instagram. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the Getting to Know You pod. Go to AndrePsyche.com. Spend a little bit of that hard-earned cash money, or maybe by the time this thing posts stimulus, second stimulus check, on some trippy merch that's going to be worth checking out. And if you have not already, please... Support a local podcast. Friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This way you can see when guests are coming up. You can see the pictures, read a little description of them, get the links. The word of the pod. The word of the pod is, obviously, scooter. Scooter is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours, and you will get a shout out on the next podcast. Don't forget, before you end, or before this podcast ends, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your business or brand. All you need to do is message us. See ya.